You're listening to Flipping Tables on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. Welcome to episode 71, and we're recording this from InstructureCon. We are. We're getting our uh, our educational tech conference jam on this week. It's nice. We've got a beautiful room. We get yeah. to actually co-record again. Yeah, and uh, you can probably hear some room tone, as this is a pretty big room. You're going to hear a little echo. Um, so just enjoy that Utah room was, tone. Just, was that a little humble brag? It's a, <laughs> it's a large, luxurious suite that I've, I find myself in. It's hard to, like, you trip over, like, fancy rooms everywhere here, though. It's just what this place is. Yeah, we, I mean, we are at a ski resort. Even in the summertime, it's not like the, bu- the buildings in the mountains just stop being beautiful. So we're pretty lucky. Um, we did have, I, I have to say this follow up. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, uh, we talked about the Gmail man, an old, really terrible Microsoft, uh, ad campaign to like make people freak out over Gmail privacy and how the, you know, they're, they're skimming all your data and blah, blah, blah. Well, I hadn't watched these two videos, uh, cause they, they only got through two episodes before they fired the guy cause of all the backlash. <laughs> so uh, I hadn't watched them since they were new, you know, years ago, and uh, I forgot. Just they're not, they're not on the nose in the sense that it's like, oh yeah, okay, I see what they're going for. It's like there's a little jingle at the beginning of the second video, and they're literally like, you know, our lawyer said we had to explain this joke. <laughs> it's like, uh, so. Uh, it's very cringy. Yeah, it's- and then the whole the and the guy they got to play the G- Gmail man is like. He's a decent actor because he really makes you feel like creeped out, like he's <laughs> yeah. like all like fingers into your life. I mean, it it does its job well. The problem is it shouldn't have been doing that job. <laughs> so check those out in the show notes from last week's episode if you didn't watch them. They're they're cringeworthy, but it's like they're worth hate watching. They're not very <laughs> yeah. long. They're they're only like six minutes uh, each. Such a fine sport, hate watching. <laughs> Uh, so we got some other follow-ups. So um, last week we Apple, Apple, Appled it up, and uh, um, turns out some of the other streaming services have senses of humor. And RDO decided to uh, pull back, uh, pull out a parody of what Apple did in the '80s. So when IBM finally, finally started making personal computers, Apple. Um, placed this really sarcastic ad with like this fancy typeface that you know was like congratulating their competitor. Fancy for, for the eighties, yeah. And it just said like, "Congratulations, IBM, you're joining the modern world, and we're going to compete fairly." I'm sure. And so RDO just did the exact same ad, but now for streaming music. Yeah, and I, this this definitely seems like. Uh, We've talked a lot of, on earlier episodes about like how T-Mobile is kind of being like fun and snarky because like what do they have to lose? So if you're RDO, you're kind of thinking like, well, a really big dog just came into my yard, so he's either gonna completely eat my lunch or he's gonna leave me alone. But it's not up to me <laughs> yeah. what he does next. So like I I don't know. I thought this was pretty cute. I think it's it's a bummer that they. Uh, they made it a Facebook post. I don't know why. That just irritates me. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a like a comment in a. It's like a picture comment. 
So, yeah, none of that. Yeah. Um, at least it's public. So if you're a Facebook hater like I am, you can still look at this. Yeah. And a little plug, if you actually want a deep dive on the <laughs> Apple Music stuff, you should go to the Bits and Pieces podcast tomorrow. Um, this week's episode, we uh, do a deep dive on all those details and uh, why um, RDO might need to be a little more worried, even if... You know, I don't know. I don't want to spoil yeah. it, but spoilers. The point is, Apple service can be mediocre, and they can still steamroll people because they don't have to make money off of music. Yeah, it which, can just make people buy iPhones. That's all is, they need. Isn't that the exact behavior people have uh, ripped on Google and Amazon for? Like, yeah. Oh, you're just selling that at a loss, and you're that's a monopoly, and you're using your market cloud. But with yeah. Apple, they're like more great things. <laughs> which I'm not trying to be like a you know rag on Apple fans or be an Apple apologist, but I mean this is literally the same thing. Like if you only use Apple service because it's integrated and because it it ships with your iPhone, then that's fine. But you know, then maybe understand what monopolies are and don't freak <laughs> out when Amazon sells ebooks for 10 bucks. Yeah. And I mean, I think the, the big, and again, go listen to bits and pieces tomorrow, but, um, do you happen to know the number off the top of your head? Uh, 20, 20, I think we're up to 20. Um, but, uh, yeah, be a little scared about what Apple can do here because they don't need to make money off this business. Just like Amazon kind of with ebooks, they're kind of running that game of, selling wholesale price well that's that whole the whole discussion we had about privacy uh we don't need to make money off your data was the subtext of that i mean they came really close to just outright saying like we don't sell your data because we don't have to that's not our business model and that extends to music they tried to extend it to books when they did that whole price fixing thing but i mean that you know that as long as what they're doing doesn't eat into their trillions of dollars in profits <laughs> so much that they stop being the world's most successful company, they can do a lot of things at a loss yeah. because their profit margins on iPhones and Apple Watches and MacBooks and everything is just mm-hmm. so high, like crazy high. And the, the other spoiler talk, I just really want you to go subscribe to Bits and Pieces. <laughs> we, we also talk about how uh, the music industry might just be a feature of tech companies now. So... That's interesting. Your phone beeped, and I'm mad at you for that. My phone did beep, um, but it's uh, there. It's It's been silenced. All right, we got some other follow-up. Um, one of our listeners set the record straight. We uh, complained about how on iPhone you can only have a four-digit PIN or that you could secretly – or no, that's the follow-up. So you yeah, actually – so if you're – you could four-digit PIN or password, but then it brings up the full keyboard, which is harder to type on quickly. Yeah. So the secret is if you make a password but it only consists of numbers, it smartly only shows you the nine digits. Which did not occur to me till just this moment, but doesn't that mean it's storing your password in a way that it can read? Or maybe just when you create the password, it notes at that single moment, oh, you can just use the keypad. Hmm. The this is beyond my crypto cryptographic yeah. knowledge. <laughs> like, I don't know if there's, I guess if you did it like, Oh, he only typed in numbers. Okay. Now it's encrypted. And I don't remember what he typed in. Yeah. <laughs> but here's this. It's like, it's a, uh, it's memento, the password. It's like, <laughs> Oh, I don't remember what he typed in, but there's this sticky note that says <laughs> I should only show him the numeric keyboard. I guess 
Don't trust his lies. <laughs> um, a little follow-up to that follow-up in the moment. Um, iOS 9 has changed the four-digit, and now it the the numbers, it requires six-digit. Oh, so you can't do a four anymore. Correct. Because they were all cracked seconds after. <laughs> there are only 10,000 options. Um, Can you actually do all 10,000? Could you do four zeros if you wanted to? I haven't tried, but I don't see why not. Okay. And this is the thing with with iOS devices uh, in particular, but now with with Android M, I think this is going to become a thing with uh, Android devices. Um, Maybe just don't even have pin be an option. Maybe just password and fingerprint unlock. And then you can't have a crappy four-digit pin. I mean, like making a six-digit pin is is more of like a social step. It's like, okay, you can still use a pen. I know, my little square diagram is going to be really secure. Yeah, or your... Uh, <laughs> Face your, unlock your, that yeah, can the, be tricked by any printout. Or the N. Well, you know something they did on Android tablets that uh, really did not take off if memory serves is because you had a larger screen, you could do a larger grid. <laughs> so instead of a 3x3 three three grid, you could have like a 9x9 nine nine grid and draw like a crazy complicated thing. And it's like, at that point, you could just enter a damn password i forgot how my maze went (laughs) i need to draw it correctly i need to write software to solve this maze that (laughs) is my password yeah and you know i uh i realize now living fingerprint unlock life on my two mobile devices uh why the hell isn't this on the new macbooks yeah or macbook pros or airs or any, any of them why why not why not now when soon yeah and here's what i'm thinking on uh, desktop, they're either going to do it in, it'll be an extension of the keyboard or an extension of the trackpad. Yeah, I want it in the trackpad. You already touched the trackpad. It's right. an obvious, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know exactly how the sensor technology would work, but I'm not an engineer. Figure it out, smart engineers. <laughs> Wizards do it for us. Pretty much. <laughs> Uh, you got some Comcast complaining to do. I do, uh, and this is a fairly minor. I know we crap you on. You claim them. it'll be less than thirty seconds, so okay. let's see. <laughs> Here we go. So the, we crap on them a lot, and I just I don't want to you know make it a whole big part of the show, but um, they broke something, and then they tried to bill me for it, and then when I called and I was like, "Hey, um, you can't bill me for something that was your fault for breaking," they're like, "Oh, um, but it was broken." I was like, "Yeah, you broke it." Like, but it was broken. Uh huh. You broke it. So you, yes, you needed to fix it, but don't charge me for fixing it. And the the thing that was flabbergasting about it was that not that the person was fighting me to leave the charge on. It's that they genuinely did not seem to understand what my complaint was. Like this person did not see why it was a problem that I was paying for them to fix their crappy handiwork. So fortunately, the guy actually did a really good job and everything got fixed and they did finally remove the charge. But I was just like, do you not see how simple this is? Like, I'm not trying to trick you out of money. Like, (laughs) the thing was broken outside with your equipment. Did you put on your Gandalf voice and say, I'm not a conjurer (laughs) of cheap (laughs) tricks? Yeah, my big beard and my hat. Yeah, it Um, it was just, it's like every interaction with them is just, mediocre at yeah. best and a catastrophe more likely that was over a minute i have a little comcast <laughs> story <laughs> that was real time um, follow-up that uh we got a bill that was about twice as much as we expected and uh, we found out that they were billing us early for our second month at our new place to manage expectations 
And I was trying to understand how confusing the hell out of us is managing our expectations. See, I really feel like, oh, it, okay, so I just didn't even realize. So when they credited me this, so did they credit you? Did, did you get any kind of a credit? No, once they expl- like they explained we didn't actually owe the full amount right now, and once they actually itemized, the, the price was correct in this case. Yeah, so. Okay, so here's what I don't like about this whole thing they're doing. And, and it sounds like they got close to it with you. So they refunded me this service charge, which was not cheap. It was like $70. You know, this isn't like, oh, it was five bucks, whatever. Um, they, they refunded it, but it doesn't show up on my bill. So I said to the woman, because I'm still on the phone with her, when will it update on the website to show me the true bill? And she was like, oh, well, you'll, you'll get a credit on the next statement. And I was like, um, can you send me some kind of confirmation that you issued this credit? And she was like, oh, I don't have a way to do that. So I said to her, I was like, listen, I know you didn't write the software and you don't make up the policies, but understand where I'm coming from. This is a phone call. You're telling me not to pay my entire bill because there'll be a credit next month. And I have no evidence that that is the correct action for me to take. Yeah. And you're telling me to just like take that on good faith. And she was like, "Mm hmm. <laughs> I was like, okay, oh, good talk. Awful. <laughs> good, good hustle out it's, there. It's team. like, a, like Comcast will like pay down its debts when it has to. But it doesn't want to admit any wrongdoing. No, it's yeah, it's it's like some horrible crime was committed, and they're like, "We admit no wrongdoing, but here's your seventy dollars back." <laughs> yeah. Like, um, so you're just gonna screw me again later? He's aren't like, you? "Whoa, that purse that got stolen. I guess it's here now. Uh, yeah. I don't I, know how it got back, but yeah. I don't know why my fingerprints are all over it and <laughs> clawing at the wallet." But yeah, and so th- my last piece of follow up, uh, which isn't follow up, but it is. Um, cause this is a relatively new device. So, um, imagine, uh, if, if you can't take a phone out and do this right now, uh, when you hold your phone, you probably have it oriented, you know, top up, bottom down. And which side is the headphone jack on? So you have an iPhone. Where's the headphone jack? The bottom. Okay. The bottom. So when you take your phone and you put it into your pocket, how do you put it into your pocket? Headphone jack is n- nearest the opening of the pocket. So, so you- face down. Or, so so it's top down. Yeah. Okay. If the headphone jack was on the top, would you put it in bottom down? I think so. The iPhone used to have it on top, and I, th- I think I did. Okay. Yeah. Headphone jack out. Was yeah. It? So as far as I know, this is the only phone I've ever had that had the headphone jack on the bottom, and I had this phone for about two or three weeks because I my headphones are Bluetooth, but they can also be plugged in. I had this phone for like two or three weeks, and I was like. This is so stupid. Why is the headphone jack on the bottom? Like now it's all like the cords all weird or I have to put it in my pocket upside down. And then I reached into my pocket to take it out. And I realized when the headphone jack is on the bottom and you reach into your pocket, you pull your hand out and it's in the correct orientation. Yeah, it's like magic. Like you're already holding it the way you're probably about to use it. And I was like... (laughs) mind blown like (laughs) tim and eric gif i was just like oh my god that's why that's why you would put the headphone jack on the bottom so that when you take it out of your pocket it's already oriented correctly and this is a really stupid thing but i had like a little designer like fanboy moment where i was just like (laughs) someone spent hours obsessing over this like 
because you can't do both. You're not going to have a headphone jack on the top and bottom. So it's like, yeah. do we cater to the people who put their phone in in like ergonomic orientation or do we cater to people who for whatever, I don't know why I did this, but yeah. d- people who want the phone to be right side up. Even I feel in their like pocket. even back when the iPhone had headphone jack on top, I would still put it in upside down unless I had headphones in it. Right. And then it's like, Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my life. It. Yeah, but this this totally blew me away. I had no <laughs> idea that this was like a thing that engineers had to think about. So I am simultaneously impressed by and sorry for them. Um, so our show, we have an actual rundown too. <laughs> There's a little bit of a shotgun blast of stuff, but then a, a lot of E3 going on. So which were you at all? I mean, I know we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna get to E3, but like, were you all at all looking forward to this? No, I mean, I think a month ago when I thought about E3, I was like, oh, yeah, there'll be some new announcements. But, like, then I forgot about it completely and totally. then, like, woke up this weekend like, oh, yeah, E3's <laughs> happening. <laughs> well, I, is it always this close to WWDC? I think it is. It's always early, mid-June. Man, I got, like, announcement burnout. Like, I'm tired. Yeah. It's really tired of things being told to me and how great they're going to be. <laughs> so things that aren't E3. Um, you uh, shared this uh, actually a couple of weeks ago, and we finally got <laughs> through some of these stupid events to, to actually, uh, you know, since people force us to talk about these developer the, events. The bastards. Um, what is this hound thing? So uh, there's a, an app called SoundHound. Um I, do you have it. You have some like. Is it like Shazam? It's exactly like Shazam. It's like you hold it up in the mall and it tells you what song is playing and where you can buy it. Do you have to hold it up like Lionel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both hands. Thundercats. <laughs> what song is this? Yeah. So um, I've just I never. It's neat technology. I'm really impressed by the the kind of technology that's going on. But I just have never had a need to actually use this in the wild. So um, whatever. But uh, this company is apparently also working on um, voice recognition. And this video, which <laughs> you said looks like it was recorded in a dungeon. <laughs> yes. Because it's like potato quality, all dark, and like you can't see anything except the phone and like <laughs> fingernails glowing. It's very weird. But it's super, 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 super fast. Like, What's the population of Japan? The population of Japan is with like that much latency, yeah. just like boom, it's immediate Star Trek answer. computer speed. Yeah, it's super fast. And then uh, what I find more impressive than the low latency is actually the complicated <laughs> queries. So toward the end of the video, he says, um, what would the down payment be or what would the, the monthly payment be on a million dollar house with a hundred thousand dollar down payment and four percent uh, interest? And it answers him. And then he says, um, what if it was a 20% down payment and a 15-year mortgage or something like that? And it answers him again. It's like, okay, if you did this and it was this much money, this is what your payment would be. And what's impressive is he uses you know, pronouns to refer, and, and I, I don't know what the part of speech is, hey. but like this and that, like generic indicators to refer to things yeah. he just talked about. He also switches the units. The first time he says a hundred thousand dollar down payment. The second time he says a 20% down payment. So their, their engine understands antecedents. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it's just like that kind of stuff is amazing because then 
And only when you start to cross those boundaries will it ever feel like you're talking to a person. Because when you speak to a real person, like when I'm talking to you, I don't say like, Michael, 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 to constantly <laughs> affirm to you that I'm addressing you still. Like that would just sound really weird. Yeah. It sounds, yeah, it's like a Mad Lib where you, you replaced every single entry <laughs> with something. Yeah, no he's, no she's, it's just all proper nouns. So that, that's what's like really impressive about this to me. And uh, I think you you were kind of like skeptical eyes, like, <laughs> is this really happening or is this all local? Is this really well, in the, the cloud? Speed, I was like, is the speed there just because they're they're doing local operation? Like they have some database on the phone that they're using just for testing. And so that's why it's answering like super fast. Yeah. And I mean, that's very possible, especially when it asks uh, – he he asks a lot of geographical questions like how big is France, how many people are in its capital city. So it's it's very possible it has a certain database of knowledge for him to act on. But like I said, the latency to me is way less impressive than the the complications of the query. Yeah. And then there's even an adorable ending where she answers the last question. I say she because it has a female voice on the Android phone. But uh, she answers the last question and he says thank you. And she goes you're welcome. It's just like, oh, that's like a cute little because it's stupid and it doesn't actually improve the interaction in any like tangible way. But it's like it's it's uh, like humanizing, you know, yeah. it, it gives it that like warm fuzzy. That's tangible. If if people are more comfortable using the tool, then. Yeah, I should say it doesn't uh, it doesn't enhance the accuracy of its responses. It makes it more pleasant to interact with. So. Yeah. And this is something with Google Now, uh, when Google Now first stopped being like Google Voice Search and became Google Now, uh, they really hammered home, don't talk to it like a robot, because we're trying to make it understand human speech. And if you speak less like a human, it's going to work worse. And it's really true. If I hold my phone up and I'm like, navigate to such and such (laughs) an address, it'll come back and be like, dude, what what did you... what?" But if I just say, like, uh, navigate to Pizza Hut by, you know, walking, and it's like it just pops right yeah. up. It's awesome. And, I mean, I think that's probably the, the better bet in terms of computer science is computers are going to understand our weird uses of language faster than you're going to teach humans how to talk in a perfect syntax. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's way better to just, like, well, let's just get the computers good enough to understand the, our mess. <laughs> one of those is an actually solvable problem. <laughs> And I just, so a little, you know, inside baseball, behind the scenes stuff, um, you know, we type show titles in as we record the episode and I accidentally had caps lock on. So the, <laughs> so title, there it is. the title I just entered says navigate to pizza hut in, uh, in screaming case, but not screaming snake case. <laughs> One of my favorite cases, uh, um, some, so, some tell more. me about the Chrome battery thing. Oh no! no, no, no tell no, me no. this drone wedding thing is far more important. Yeah, and so, dear Wait. listener, you you need to watch these videos in order in our show notes. But uh, so, a company has decided to advertise their 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 quadcopter drone as a. Uh, useful for wedding photography and so you have this very artsy video with all this super shallow depth of field dslr footage it's all living and moving and he's describing with very flowery words how he's capturing the moment and he gets to move in close and uh so you need to watch through that whole video with sound and i just did this because lions told me i had to do it (laughs) and uh, it's worth it and then watch the second video which is billed as the realistic version of this drone (laughs) wedding commercial 
And do we want to explain or just... Uh, so basically, uh, if you've never heard a drone fly, um, just imagine a jet taking off directly next to your face. Like if you've ever sat on the wing seat on a, a, a large plane, the noise it makes when it's taking off and it's like reaching up to speed... Uh, that's what drones sound like all the time because they're never more than like 20 or 30 feet away from you. And he's in this beautiful enclosed church. It's like a cathedral. It's gorgeous. But one of the shots is of the, the first kiss, you know, like the, I now pronounce you man and wife kind of moment. And even if it's using a zoom, the camera cannot be more than five feet away from their faces. And, I wouldn't say I'm the most romantic guy in the universe, but even I feel like the moment would kind of be harshed by <laughs> this lawnmower <laughs> floating near you. It's, it's, you know, with beautiful piano music underneath it, it's, it's lovely. And yeah, but then when you think about what it would actually sound like, and I've watched this video four times now, including the time I just watched it with you, and it like it reduced me to tears every time. So definitely watch them and and make sure to watch them in order. Um, it's the uh, the lasting love, and then realistic is is the follow up. Yeah, but it's just I mean drones are cool. Like I'm super on board with drones. I don't understand why everybody in the FAA is like freaking out over them. That being said. Uh, it doesn't solve every problem. Wedding photography yeah. is a problem. I don't feel like it's. Well, I mean, I'm not eager for our skies. They just sound like endless vuvuzelos. That's <laughs> 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 like the worst <laughs> album I can imagine right now is like, you know, Michael Edwards new album, endless vuvuzelos <laughs> just <laughs> for hours. Cause it's an MP3 CD. So you can get a lot more than 70 minutes on there. <laughs> MP3 CD reference, you fall out. <laughs> All right, Chrome. There's a big Chrome update. And uh, basically, uh, if, if you're a Mac user and you're, you choose correctly and you use Chrome as your main browser, um, one of the trade-offs, one of the few trade-offs of using Chrome is uh, it's a battery hog, it's a process hog, it's a RAM hog. It's kind of just all, it just wants to devour everything. It does. And uh, There's a lovely graphic I'm going to find and, and put into the show notes. Um, and Google apparently has been listening and uh, has uh, uh, one of the engineers has created a post in Google Plus where he explains all the new ways they're finally, and I use that word intentionally, finally making Chrome less of a, a, a resource hog. And uh, some of these things in this in this post seem like it took you guys like three years to think of this. And I mean, one of them was that, that I mean, maybe this was a design decision, but the, the tabs you're not looking at were still getting basically full priority. Right, which means if there's like stupid animations running or an ad, you know, like an animated GIF or a flash ad, God forbid, like yeah. that's all still getting top billing. Yeah, and so that's obviously not optimum, and uh, and so they they make a lot of their comparisons to to how Safari does on uh, efficiency. And to be fair, that is one thing you can give Safari over the years is it's always been very very power efficient. You can um, you can get an extra hour or two out of Safari if you can survive using Safari. <laughs> yeah, and see, this this is where I kind of draw the line because I don't have a problem like an ideological problem with Safari, but there's a few, I use very few Chrome extensions, but they're like really integral to my workflow. Switching away from those would be 
a massive hindrance. And then when I got that extra hour of battery life, I'd be like, well, everything took me an hour longer to do. Yeah. So I didn't really gain anything. Oh, did you see the news about Safari extensions? Yeah. So this was in the midst of otherwise good news that Apple has combined all their developer programs into one. So if you don't have to choose Mac or iOS and pay separately, yeah, you have to pay to develop on Mac. But yeah. <laughs> that aside. Um, well, only if it goes into the Mac App Store. Right, yeah, you can develop OS ten apps that right. you can distribute independently for free. But um, but in sweeping together all these things, they also said, you know what, Safari extensions, you come into this little exclusive club too. Yeah. So which seems like a weird. Well, there's, I, there's it's already no, a ghost town, so it's like, well, is this just going to be worse? <laughs> but I mean, there's no legit, you know, and a browser extension is still software that someone has to write. There's no legitimate reason. Just like there's no legitimate reason a mobile game should always be 99 cents or free. Yeah. You know, like it, it's that's always uh, I don't know what you call it, like those those different contexts and how the the context is different. But the thing we are are be, treating differently is exactly the same yeah. as it is in a different context is just it's like frustrating it's a quirk of yeah. stupid lizard brain and you'll still be able to sideload um i don't know if you have to flip on a developer mode or something yeah that, but, that it, probably but then apple won't host the extension and you won't get automatic updates so yeah, it's so kind of like not uh, great <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so the when it comes to chrome i realized and i i think i can credit the how-to geek with explaining this uh in a way that made sense to me um it used to really irritate me that Chrome made up so much CPU and so much RAM. And then it was explained to me that RAM is not particularly power intensive. So if, if, if you have eight gigs of RAM and you're only using a gig of it, you have a gig of RAM because you only have as much RAM as the RAM that's being used. Empty RAM benefits you in zero ways. Whereas CPU cycles that are not being used means that things are running more efficiently. So when the processor is wound down, that means it's not as hot. That means it's your battery is going to last longer. It means you're not going to melt your legs or, you know, grill Which a is cheese timely because uh, apparently there's a new notification in El Capitan that will say, hey, your Mac's probably really hot because of this app. Yeah. Which <laughs> just trying to public shame. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like Apple's like, I think we have all of our ducks in a row. Let's start calling people out. <laughs> Because this will probably never fire against one of our apps, so let's start calling other people out. And I'm, and I'm fine with that because the the CPU being revved up all the time is actually wasting energy. It's wasting cycles for arguably a marginal gain. Whereas with the RAM, I want the RAM to be used because that means that it's it's benefiting me at a I guess a price I'm willing to pay. You know, it's it takes CPU cycles, but. I don't want to melt my legs off. Like there needs to be a balance between battery and speed and, and convenience and all of this stuff. And, and I'm, I just came dangerously close to doing the, I don't know anything about technology. How hard could it be? But I, I stopped. How hard could it be though? How hard honestly? could it be? No, it's, it's very hard. And this with Chrome, this, this the post that this guy put onto uh, Google plus, he's like startlingly honest. Like, yeah, we sucked at this, and now we're working on it. And he directly yeah. compares their benchmarks to Safari, even though their new improved benchmarks are still not as good. Yeah. So he was like, that's our target. That's what we're aiming for. We're getting close. We're not there yet, but we're coming for it. Yeah, like one of them is a, a search results page, 
um, using Safari's user agent um, to have a fair comparison. And Chrome would have 390 processor wakes over 30 seconds, and Safari would have 120. So like a third of the amount of effort for the same result. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a big difference, especially when you think about how often you open a new tab and type in a, a Google yeah, search. It adds up yeah. over time. Such searches. So, bravo. Um, happy to reward. Good faith effort. Good job, Chrome team. I want to keep using your browser. Don't kill my battery. Yeah, I, the performance hit to battery would have to be substantially worse than it is currently before I would really consider giving up. Chrome. Well, I consider if I'm on conference day and I know I'm going to be in a browser all day and I'm like, oh, I could get two more hours, maybe I'll safari it today. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but even then it's kind of like, well, if I get an emergency email and I have to fire up my web browser, I do work in because that's where my extensions are and all my bookmarks and burp, 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 yeah. like then. It, and I've talked myself into this before where it's like conference day and I'm like, eh, I'll just use Chrome. It's fine. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. I'll find power somewhere. Did you, so this Android device rumor, um, let me just lay out the boring part up front. So there was a rumor that Nintendo's next handheld would be based on Android. Uh, Nintendo then Im- almost immediately refuted that and was like, nope, 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 nobody, nope, nope, nope. Yeah. We will never do that. Uh, but then someone else pointed out that this particular Japanese newspaper that reported this rumor has like a pretty good track record of saying Nintendo's about to do thing A, and Nintendo goes, we'll never do thing A. And then six months later, they're like, thing A. <laughs> Is it just uh, Steve Jobs saying, no one wants to watch videos on their iPods? Yeah. Oh, iPod video. Yes. No <laughs> one we, wants we to watch video on their iPods it. because we haven't introduced the iPod <laughs> video yet. And we think you're going to love it. <laughs> the thinnest, lightest iPod video we've ever made. Because it's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, there it is. So th- there's this rumor that the next... And it's funny, I'm actually within arm's reach of a Game Boy Color right now. A clear one. Yeah. <laughs> is that Was that actually yours? Yep. Nice. You take really good care of your stuff. Look at the screen. It's not. It, this I'll is, take a picture for this it. This has got to be 15 years old, 20 years old, um, 120 years old. <laughs> Back when they were making playing cards. <laughs> that yeah. was an excellent Nintendo <laughs> reference. I will uh, take a picture of the screen so we can share it out. Yeah, um, this wasn't in our rundown, but I, sh- I might as well talk about it. We're talking about Nintendo. Um, I was, you know... Loading up for you know a one hour plane flight, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so bored. Every time I go on a trip, I'm like, I'm going to take a game system, and uh, I look at my Vita, I look at my 3DS, <laughs> I look at my DS, I look at I don't know, I probably at, have at your champagne <laughs> problems. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then I since uh, since moving to our new place, I unpacked all my old games, and I was like, I'm taking Game Boy Color on this trip. And uh, took only the games I had cases for, but um, fun well, times. and of course one in the chamber. Yeah, yeah, so chamber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the I, perfect metaphor. For that. <laughs> I think overall that looks pretty good. I'm I'm impressed. I should have brought my original Game Boy, but I didn't want to have to find four AA batteries like an animal. <laughs> yes. Um, so the, this Nintendo Android thing. Whether this is true or not, the reason I wanted to talk to you about this, and I think it's interesting, is because if Nintendo did this, uh, like you said to me while we were doing the pre-show, 
it would almost definitely be like AOSP, hyper-customized, super-forked version, a la Kindle Fire. But And it'll be gingerbread or something. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Donut. <laughs> but they probably would not customize it so much that you couldn't take games written for it and go the other direction and sideload them onto or even just put them in the play store and yeah. run them on, you know, like a Nexus nine or a Nexus seven or whatever. So I kind of like Nintendo does not have this amazing track record for operating systems. Like the Wii U interface kind of sucks. The Wii interface kind of sucks. The 3ds interface is just cute. Slow. but kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so if they can spend way less time thinking about their platform OS because they're just like, uh, Android, that's Linux, whatever. Yeah. Games. Like, and then that means they can start spreading out because we know now they're doing this mobile thing. So this could be like another toe into those waters. This is one thing I have to give the Vita, even though it hasn't been a very successful system by any means, um, is it's close to smartphone speed when you press the PlayStation button or you multitask a little bit or you want to quit a game. Like, you just swipe it down and it's gone. Yep. And uh, that's what Nintendo needs to get to. And on Wii U, oh, my God, when you hit the home <laughs> button, it's... I mean, it's PS3 was pretty bad at this, too, but um, it just sits and churns. Yeah. And you're just like, come on. Well, it's, I mean, you, you'd made the right comparison. You compared it to a smartphone because if you have a touchscreen device that you interact with a hundred times a day and it has like sub millisecond response times, <laughs> then you, that becomes the new normal. Then you pick up your, you know, two, three hundred dollar gaming system that, as far as you're concerned, is like, you do one thing. How <laughs> yeah. are you slower than my device that does like a billion things? That makes no sense. So, yeah, I mean, it's a frustrating experience, even though it's like stupid, kind of like, oh, what's the matter? You don't have a half a second to wait. No, because <laughs> it can be faster. It's not that I'm too good to wait a half a second. It's that it shouldn't take a half a second. Well, it's a huge penalty when you click the wrong icon and you have to wait for that. So on the Wii U, like I'm trying to go to settings, but I accidentally press the shop. And right. now I'm waiting probably a minute because it's got to go <laughs> into the shop before I can quit the shop. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. Well, the cross media bar on the PlayStation 3 is actually slow enough that th this is going to sound absurdly picky. So I apologize, uh, Susan, in advance. So if she's watching something on, say, like the Amazon Prime app, and then she's done, and I'm going to watch something on Netflix, she will exit out of the Amazon Prime app and then open Netflix or hand me the controller, and then I'll open Netflix. I would open the cross-media bar, go directly to the new app, and then it says, oh, I have to close Amazon Prime to open Netflix. Is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's okay, because that's one less time I have to let the cross-media bar load, <laughs> and it will just go directly from app to app. And I mean, this saves fractions of a second, but it's just that tiny bit more efficient, <laughs> and it's like zero additional steps. It's actually fewer steps. It's like every once in a while she'll go to like quit out of you know Amazon Prime or or the Hulu Plus app, and I'm just like, no, don't. <laughs> I just go directly to Netflix. You know where I'm going. I'll never get that half a second back. <laughs> as long as it never gets as slow as the Nexus Nine tablet. 
That, man, <laughs> that thing, have you used it all since? Not recently. No. no. I, I, don't, I don't even care uh, anymore. <laughs> it's just, and it was an amazing little emulator machine, but everything else, <laughs> not, not an ideal experience. Uh, so, yeah, E3 is going on, but we have some other topics before we talk about <laughs> E3. Um, if anyone's familiar with Twitch, they're kind of the, well, the Amazon of streaming um, game streaming. You know Amazon bought them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, is that like incredibly clever or incredibly it's fortuitous? as on the nose as you can possibly be. Quite. Um, and so they don't really have any serious competition. There's this thing called Hitbox. No one knows what Hitbox is. Um, there's a couple other old streaming services around, but if you're going to watch eSports, gaming sports, um, sport ball sports, not <laughs> sports go sports. <laughs> Video games as a sport, or anyone just streaming themselves playing, but a lot of competition stuff, you're going to go to Twitch. That's where it is. That's where it's at. That's where all the teams are. That's where all the sponsorships are for the teams. And uh, they really need some competition. And maybe, maybe Google will bring it. Yeah, so they announced YouTube Gaming, which is an entire YouTube how many Off YouTube shoot? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's an additional giant one giant tube, but there's a bouncer, <laughs> gaming content only, and it's. I mean, they said in in this launch article uh, announcing it, like, hey, this is for gaming only, like we plays, um, speed runs, reviews, gaming content only. So they first off, they tried to buy Twitch and lost it to Amazon. And if I recall correctly, Amazon did not pay more money. Twitch just didn't want to be owned by Google. Oh, wow. I think. I mean, it's very. Amazon is a giant company. It's possible they just flat out outbid them. But I feel like I remember hearing there was some like political tumultuousness. Um, but I mean, obviously, they already own a streaming platform. So they were like, okay, I'm taking my ball and going home. And I'll build my own streaming platform with Blackjack and hookers. And they just... Like, now they're going to launch it. And I think this is good, uh, not just because I want more competition in this space, like you said, uh, but because I am not terribly impressed with some of YouTube's performance issues. And if you have, like, a million gamers pounding on the site, like, on one video simultaneously, because it's, like, a, you know, a huge Dota competition or something, they're going to need to scale the software to handle that kind of thing, which I'm sure will roll back into vanilla YouTube and make yeah. that a better experience. I do wonder if uh, they will compete on latency because that's, that's always annoyed me with Twitch is it's it varies from like 10 to 30 seconds of how far behind your audience is. It's a long time. When you're trying to have a conversation or have interaction or have them choose things for you, yeah, that latency really matters. Yeah, which probably makes people structure their conversations and their shows around that latency. Yeah. Like, I'm going to ask a question, then play some more of the game, then I'll come back and see what you guys said, because otherwise I'm just going to be staring yeah. at the camera like, any time now. So in my, my limited playings with uh, Twitch streaming from my PS4 or my, my computer, um, I, it's just been irritating, because I'll get a text message about something I did. I'm like, I don't even remember what I did a minute ago <laughs> in this game, and you're commenting on it, and it's like, ha-ha, yeah, that thing that happened a long time ago. Yeah. 
wow, that was amazing. Uh, the thing I just did, yeah. the thing I did a minute ago, five minutes ago, what are we talking and about? And it can here? be done, hitbox.tv. Um, <laughs> <laughs> their latency is more like five seconds, maybe four seconds, which is reasonable for audience interaction. You yeah, can es- totally. Especially if you're interacting with them while you're doing a thing. Like, sub-second latency would probably not have a it'd be diminishing returns yeah you know once you get down that low um but i'm 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 excited for this like there's no i don't really see a downside to this just more competition in this space from a company that has the resources and the know-how to do it so bring it on so david did you buy anything in the steam summer sale yes because i am not yet you i'm you from like four years ago where i haven't yet (laughs) invested like my entire 401k into the steam (laughs) sale um i have to say my favorite thing about the steam sale is probably all of the amazing gifts of like stop motion of like a wallet jumping against (laughs) like a screen over and over or like getting sucked into a cd tray or all the fry all the fry memes yeah shut up and take my bottle caps which is actually there was a big e3 announcement about that but um yeah, I so I set myself a budget, trying to be responsible. I'm, I'm a father. I got what, what was your budget? Are you comfortable saying thirty bucks? So that's not a tremendous amount of money, but in Steam sale land, if you're yeah. careful, that's like pretty amazing. Yeah, it could be five or six games. Well, here, so I still have like nineteen dollars left, and here's what I got so far: I got uh, Bioshock Infinite. I just got that today. Uh, the the Tomb Raider remake like 2013 or so yeah uh the game of the year edition so it comes with like not a, a remake but it's a reboot yeah reboot rehash refresh <laughs> um she's no longer made entirely of pointy triangles yeah <laughs> um but it's and it's not just the game it's the game of the year edition so there's like skins and map packs and stuff it's a damn good game too other than the storyline storyline is cheesy as hell well it's tomb raider it's it's chick uncharted which is sad because uncharted is it's dude somehow more absurd than uncharted though. <laughs> that's saying something um but then i also got uh borderlands 2 game of the year edition so that's like easily goatee yeah 60 70 hours of gameplay right there and uh hotline miami so i actually was only like kind of tertiarily interested in hotline miami and then uh, I posted into our Slack group. I was like, hey, you guys, uh, Hotline Miami is like a dollar and 20 cents or something. Should I get it? And then only a couple of minutes passed. It was not long. <laughs> and then I was just realizing I was obsessing over a dollar. I was like, I've wasted a dollar worth of my life thinking about this. So I'm just going to buy it and be done with it. So um, I, I would say, re- without exaggerating, I probably have... 120 hours of games to play and i've spent like 15 bucks that's pretty damn good that being said uh i also got the batman arkham games for fantastic deals in a previous steam summer sale and i have not played them yet you need to play those i need to play a lot of things yeah so and you you said you haven't bought anything because you just everything says in library already for you (laughs) 
I don't want to use the metaphor I just thought of. I'll tell you after the show. But <laughs> secret um, I need I need some time to to regroup and <laughs> be ready <laughs> to have a, a roster of games that I didn't want to pay full price for that are now cheap as hell. That's fair. Yeah. Well, and that's uh, so. Let, do you want to you want to get into E three because that was an excellent yeah. segue. So. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Fallout series. Going back to the actual, like, uh, what do you call it? Is Iso- it isometric? That, like, top-down, three-quarter view? Yeah. Yeah, so going back to the first two, um, when the third one came out, I, I fanboyed all over it, and then New Vegas, and I, I played New Vegas a ton, and all the expansions for both of them, and blah, blah, blah. Well, they announced Fallout 4, and it looks really good. The graph It's going to be, I think, PS4, Xbox One, and PC, so it's current is that current gen now yeah it's not next gen anymore these have been out for two years they are not next gen i never know the right way to describe them so it's current gen stuff you know the the best of the best um it looks great it'll be buggy as hell because it's a bethesda game (laughs) but it'll be awesome and the more i thought about it i was like oh man i knew i was gonna get a ps4 but now i really gotta get a ps4 and then i was like wait uh it's gonna launch and be buggy as hell I'd have to pay full price for it. Then I'd have to buy all the expansions. And there's no way I'm going to have 60 to 100 hours of time to play when it's brand new because I have a job and a wife and a kid and other hobbies. So I'm already planning to put this off <laughs> for a year because they they announced it and everybody was like, oh, man, 2016 Christmas is going to be awesome. <laughs> and then because it was leaked that the game existed. And then when they announced it, they were like November 2015. Boom. Yeah. And everybody freaked out. So I was like, my Christmas 2016 will be awesome because I will wait and buy the game of the year edition where they will have packed all the stupid crap yeah. or most of it, hopefully. Well, I actually really appreciate that they uh, they said they've been working on it pretty much the second they ship Fallout 3 and that in earnest they've been developing it for like four years. Right. And I just appreciate they haven't said a damn thing until they're basically ready to ship it. And Well, and did you see uh, Ron Perlman's tweet? No. I, I'll have to double check. I'll put the link in the show notes. I'll have to double check and see if it's a parody account or not. But it was Ron Perlman's Twitter account and with no context of any kind. So you have to have like all this background knowledge. It just says, uh, hardest secret I've ever had to keep because he does the war. War never changes. And then yeah. like the, and he's been doing that since the early nineties when the original games came out. So yeah. I mean, he's been doing those little opening monologues for like 20 years. And <laughs> you know, it's like, he presumably did not know about this since day one, but he's kind of like an integral part of the like mythos and the, and the, the world building. So if they were going to make this game, they probably had to contract him fairly early on. Right. Like, yeah, they couldn't wait till the day before they were going to release the trailer and be like, Hey Ron, you available? Like, <laughs> they would have had to tell him like, Hey, we're, we need you to do this. But if you say anything, we're going to be mad. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Probably the, can't do anything because you're Hellboy, but we're <laughs> <laughs> you're not Ron. Yeah, Hellboy does the voiceover for uh, Fallout. It's not Ron Perlman. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I forgot. But this, I'm 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 excited, but I've also reached a stage in my life where I'm like, I'm prepared to wait 18 months to play this. I'm not going to buy yeah. it on launch day. Although I am now with all this stuff that they've been announcing, a PS4 is now. No longer yeah. a maybe, it is a when. Well, so let's get to that. So um, 
I don't want to summarize all the companies. And to be fair, we're recording before Nintendo has done their thing. Um, but I'm kind of expecting just uh, maybe a Zelda update and maybe one or two, maybe a new Mario game. Um, but whatever, we're not talking about Nintendo. Um, <laughs> Microsoft basically said they announced backwards compatibility, so you're going to be able to get 360 games on your X-Bone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's two years old, but that is um, not worn off yet. They also showed off some Halo stuff. They showed off Gears of War 4, which is the dude broiest of dude bro shooters <laughs> I can think of right now. Because <laughs> they're the, thi- the thickest, tankiest guys with chainsaw guns and... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's pretty uh, <laughs> high school male power fantasy, the game. <laughs> pretty much. And cover shooter, the game. Um, <laughs> not saying Microsoft had a bad session. I think they had some good stuff. But um, Sony came out and had kind of the, the, the unholy trio of things we never thought we were going to get. So uh, one of them is uh, Final Fantasy VII is finally actually being remade. And the trailer was hilarious about this. It's happening. <laughs> and it's not even the best Final Fantasy game, but okay. I'm, not by I'm, a long I'm shot. I'm still excited. Um, so, the, you know, the, they show this two-minute trailer. It's gorgeous. It's as impressive as the original video was back in the 90s, which is now no longer impressive, the Final Fantasy VII intro cinematic. Yeah, I know what you mean, but that was just a weird sentence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as impressive as that was in 97. Yeah, 97 impressiveness dollars. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it gets to the end of the trailer, and it just the word remade. <laughs> just no, remake. Oh, remake. Yeah, remake. Which is like, you want to talk about on the nose. Like, that is just Sony and Squaresoft being like, are you happy now? <laughs> Will you shut you up see now? see what we did there? <laughs> Although, it it kind of begs the question. I mean, this is a seems like a substantial undertaking. I mean, yeah, the story was already written, but the whole engine has got to be brand new or it's at least, you know, newer technology for other stuff. Uh, you know, I'm sure all the music has been reorchestrated. They have to reconfigure all the racism. All that racism <laughs> has to be reconfigured. Uh, that Barrett is, I mean, in 97 racism, uh, that would not be, you would not get nearly as much racism for your buck in 2015. So you just, you really got to up your game. And don't you feel like it was a little weird of them to talk about how amazing Final Fantasy 15 was going to be when they were obviously working on this? Yeah. And do you think it's maybe the same engine and that's why they could kind of do them in maybe, parallel? Maybe, but I, I don't see them turning Final Fantasy 7 into Devil May Cry the way 15 kind of looks. I mean, graphically, yeah. physics, definitely not those god all Well, wait, gonna- the Advent Children movie was very... Uh, Kingdom Hearts, yeah, um, Devil May Cry, people flying all over the damn place. I just when I was seeing them the reveal of this, I was just like, please don't be another spinoff, don't be another Crisis Core or whatever. Like, you didn't like Cri- I actually kind of like Crisis. Nah, Core. No, it's terrible. Okay. Um, I only played it once. None of the spinoff Seven universe things have been even half as good as Seven. Right, and I don't even love Seven that much. <laughs> <laughs> so you suck. <laughs> Vincent's game that I can't think of the name of. What was his spinoff called? Oh man, the one that was basically Devil May Cry, yeah. <laughs> but with Vincent. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, whatever. Fill in the blank with that, and then laugh heartily. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. So that was announced. Um. 
The Last Guardian, which was long rumored to be canceled, the the, the designer, I forget his name, who did Eco and Shadow of the Colossus, yeah, was guy. rumored to have left the studio. Like It was just like all the signs of abandonware. And, and all of the art assets were lost in a fire, and then yeah. his the only person he ever told the story to, you know, got really drunk and hit his head and forgot everything, like... This was a weird. And George Lucas, you know, directly painted Jar Jar on the <laughs> frames, and you can't. There are no original prints anymore. Um, yeah, all of this. So we're getting the Last Guardian. It's uh, coming out next year, and it looks good. It look, it, it look if you like Eco and Shadow Eco 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 is Ico. what I've always said. But um, if you like that and Shadow of the Colossus, then this is probably up your alley. Let's just hope they fix the controls. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's it's a puzzle platformer. Right, but the the your giant furry friend, um, not that kind of furry. <laughs> um, Never that kind of furry. <laughs> um, is part of the puzzle. You're climbing on him. You're goading, and I think that I don't know how much that will turn into actual gameplay. But famously, the, these games, if you haven't played them, are pretty much devoid of dialogue. There, there actually is some dialogue, but it's creepy and weird and barely part of it. Well, and the the dialogue in this video. Um it sounds like just a made-up yeah. language. I mean, the point I'm making is the game doesn't explain itself. And so yeah. I'm interpreting what happened in this trailer, but it looks like you do these actions like hopping, and it convinces your your furry friend to jump across this chasm and uh, um, other other like goading actions to get him to climb or to direct him. And so it just looks really interesting. And it also kind of has a little bit of charm of like a, a Disney or a Pixar Film. Like I feel like games are starting to get a little bit closer, inching towards that um, childhood friend you're gonna remember forever. Like this game, if they do it right, could you know be the Iron Giant or something of games. Yeah, and I think that's an important quality that those NES games and those SNES games and those Genesis games that we remember had, um, which is. I mean, there were lots of terrible NES games. Like, let's not pretend that every 8-bit game was somehow amazing. Um, but a lot of those games, the you know, the ones that have held on over time, like, they had this, like, amazing quality of, like, either friendliness or it was maybe scary or exciting or whatever. But there are so many games in, like, the PS2 and PS3 era that I played and really enjoyed, but they didn't have, like, they didn't feel... Like, I'm not nostalgic for them. I'm like, yeah, I played it, and I enjoyed it, and I'll never play it again, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. But, like, it hurts my heart you're a little bit. you're not going back to Sly Cooper? That is what I'm saying. <laughs> but I will probably continue to go back to Super Mario World until my thumbs stop working because it's just, like, it's that thing, yeah. right? You know, like, it's not it, – there's a lot – like, Galaxy. I loved Galaxy. I don't – I'm not like nostalgic for yeah. Super Mario Galaxy, even though or it's I just an tried excellent to, game. I pulled my GameCube out and started Super Mario Sunshine again. I don't think I ever finished that one. I couldn't get through the intro because <laughs> it, 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 this talking backpack wanted to tutorial me to death. Uh, and, it, that was that era and like of the Zelda Mario tutorials. goes to prison. There's a trial, and I'm in prison, and in the cell, the Flood backpack wants to talk to me more, and I'm like, oh my god, just let me play this game. It's like uh, in Minish Cap. <laughs> You got yeah. that stupid little bird on your head, and it's like, oh my god, you're the owl from but Twilight. You're always but always here. Yeah, I can't <laughs> run away from you. And you ask confusing questions about whether I'd like you to repeat yourself, <laughs> and I click the wrong one. <laughs> 
did you not understand that and would like me to not have to not repeat myself? Uh. Um, so that was number two. Number three of Sony's trifecta was Shenmue 3. Which I would love to be excited about, but I actually didn't. <laughs> no, play. I, I missed hate this Shenmue. Ho- I'm, yeah, but I missed this completely. I had a friend when I was a kid, and these games were new, that he just thought these were like the greatest games ever. And I watched him play it a couple times, and I was just like, I don't, I, I don't see it. I can't. But, but he went through his house, and he opened every drawer. <laughs> he did. And then he walked down the street and asked old ladies where the dojo is. <laughs> And <laughs> it just it did not look in, like engrossing gameplay to me. No, it's terrible. <laughs> um, Shenmue was amazing because the graphics at the time were mind blowing. Yeah. Um, well, and it was like this very expansive world and all that. Because that was the same time, like right around Grand Theft Auto Three, which it might have been a little like a year before ish. But, but I mean, it, around that time, yeah, when people were like. Oh, every game is a linear, you know, set of story elements, and then they released Grand Theft Auto Three, and everybody was like, "Oh my God, I can choose to ignore the story and go do whatever the hell I want, and actually go do stuff, not just ignore the story." Yeah. So I just looked this up, and uh, Shenmue was 1999, very end, like December, and Grand Theft Auto was October 2001. So that's two years. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that shows you like that's what people wanted. Yeah, they're like, I want a world to explore, and I mean, I like hallway games. Like, I don't not the Final cool. Fantasy Thirteen. That is not a good hallway game. Yeah, I mean, but I'm I'm okay with the style of of story delivery. But we before you know that era, like the late '90s, early 2000s, we just didn't have the computing power to make a truly open, kind of robust yeah. world. Unless you're a PC master race, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> um, I think it's funny that Shenmue 3, which they announced would be kickstarted, so they're seeking crowdsource funding um, within like 10 minutes. Wait, 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 wait. They announced at E3, the game conference, that they were going to release a game that people have been clamoring for for like they a decade. They didn't show Shenmue 3. Let me finish. <laughs> I'm going to let me finish. They announced that they were going to release this game if you give me all your money <laughs> with like Nest pistols pointed at the crowd. Like, that yeah, I. I didn't watch. I was just watching live blogs. So I mean, this sounds. Like, this is like when a celebrity is like, "I want to make a movie, but I don't want to have to pay for it." So I'm yeah. gonna kickstart and it, and it works. It totally so works. So that's what I was gonna say. They immediately crashed Kickstarter. <laughs> within, like, like brought it down. Yeah, they brought down Kickstarter because <laughs> all the E3 attention. Um, so and I think it's funny because Shenmue is one of those like games that was really important in some weird way but it's actually an awful awful game and i can't stand that game and uh part of me still like ah, oh, they're making a third one i hate that game why do i care that they're making a third one <laughs> it's i it's one of those, those like gaming culture things like i know a lot of people that are not into legend of zelda and they're dumb and wrong but <laughs> Like they still know certain things. Like they know the da na na na, and they know that Zelda is the princess, and Link is the main. It's character. Frankenstein's monster. Exactly <laughs> right. You know the Triforce. Like even if they want nothing to do with those games, like it's just 
I mean, this isn't nearly that successful. Calm down, Shenmue. But, <laughs> but I mean, it's just one of those things. Like because people who were big fans were like diehard fans who never shut the hell up about it for a single second. And I'm looking at the Kickstarter right now, and it's they're asking for two million dollars, which I mean, for modern game development is actually not that much. No, money. it's nothing. So that they're asking for a pretty modest amount of money. Um, so this maybe this really is just to get attention and they have a budget and they've already got 1.3 million (laughs) yeah this is four hours old (laughs) close to a million and a half and in the time i've been talking they just made another hundred and fifty dollars that's three hundred and fifty thousand dollars an hour (laughs) it's pretty good that's like ceo of apple money but it's not nearly as a game of war or whatever that stupid (laughs) game makes like five million a day or something. Yeah. Oh, that just makes me sad. Super sad. Um so yeah. Microtransactions, man. It it feels like Sony had a, a giant and I mean, I don't know how much you want to get into this, but frustratingly, it was also like Sony had a giant look at all these things from the past that we just dressed up. Well no, this is absolutely because, I mean, I, I was, you know, you said we're at, at a conference, we've been traveling, and I had stuff I was doing all day. So E3 was completely 100% on the back burner for me. And when I saw all of the stuff that Sony announced and, and the big highlights from it, I was like, okay, so Fallout 4, which will be multi-platform, and then Last Guardian, which was announced in 2009, if I read that correctly. So, I mean, we're a little bit behind schedule there, guys. And then uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake, which is, I mean, it's cool. Like, I'm probably going to play it, and it'll probably be awesome. But it was, like, kind of a joke because of the tech demo, and the PS3 was new, and then they didn't actually do it, and people kept, like, rumor mill hell forever that they were really going to do it. And then Shenmue, and it's like, gamers consistently complain about not wanting remakes and redos and rehashes and sequels to old franchises and... Really, we say with our dollars that that's exactly what we want, right? Like every time it actually comes down to where we spend our money, we go for nostalgia like way more often, which if your company makes it a safer bet, why are you going to come up with a new innovative IP when Final Fantasy VII will sell a bajillion copies? And look at the the most successful movies this summer. Jurassic World, Uh, Mad Max. (laughs) uh, Somebody just did a... uh, a thing about the the opening weekend for all these movies and they were like if you're a movie executive and you choose to go with like a new and innovative movie idea like you're basically just burning money because yep. the odds that it, it's it's the long shot bet the odds that that's going to be yeah. the multi-million that it'll dollar be blockbuster versus yeah not well and uh, even that is a stretch because it's a really old story that's been told several times and they just spent all of their effort on the visuals, which, I mean, I liked Avatar. I'm not knocking it too much. They're also rebooting Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they, uh, I think they want to connect that. And the, yes, they're using the word fantastic and changing one of the A's, yeah, A's to, to a, a four. four. <laughs> yeah, I remember you being really upset about that. And you're not so wrong. Annoying. You're not wrong. No, the worst is it. when E's become a three, like third 13N ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, so if that bothers you, how do you feel about Terminator Genesis? It's annoying. (laughs) (laughs) 
That, that was very pragmatic of you. Like, <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. In fact, annoying. I am internally consistent about this. <laughs> so um, I don't know. Are you looking forward to the Nintendo announcement? Is there any rumors you're expecting? Because is it tomorrow? I, I have not paid attention to rumors. Yes, um, and Nintendo already had a big event. They revived the World Championships, where they got a bunch of gamers on stage to play each other. Right, and. Uh, Apparently, I saw a funny Reddit joke about how this must be the Wii U gamepad they're using, and they had like a photoshopped Wii U gamepad that had home buttons just everywhere, everywhere, <laughs> like in the joystick, yeah. like on the screen. Because apparently, they kept triggering that accidentally. Yeah, which probably is a lot of like blue balls of like some amazing action, and then the menu pops <laughs> up, and you're like, ah. So I'm, I wanted to ask you before when you mentioned the phrase esports, so. I have a thing about calling things by their correct name, and I don't think that that should be unusual, but apparently it is because people always say I'm nitpicky. But to me, uh, competitive gaming is in zero ways a sport. What it is is competitive gaming. And when I say gaming, I mean like poker is competitive gaming. It's a game that you play competitively, but it's not a sport. So this sounds exactly what the ESPN guy said when he explained why they don't show video games on ESPN. And there was a huge backlash in the gaming community. And he was like, no, I'm like making a nuanced point. I'm not. I'm not deriding gaming as a comp- competition. Yes, I'm exactly saying it's right. not a sport. Yes, <laughs> exactly that. It's to me, it's just not a sport. And when it comes to things like golf or bowling, like you can get into these really nitpicky <laughs> definitions of like, well, you have to exert yourself physically. It can't just be a physical competition. Yeah, I have to click StarCraft really fast, really fast. <laughs> um, but th- that the thing to me is ESPN shows some competitive gaming like poker, like golf, which is, I'm sorry, it's not a sport. <laughs> it's a physical skill. It's hard. I'm not any good at it, but it's just not, to me, it's just golf, not a who sport. has time for that? <laughs> <laughs> but this is like, I don't think there's any shame in calling competitive gaming competitive gaming. And it's not just because esports sounds like a terrible 90s, like crappy off-brand Target video game your grandmother buys for you by mistake. Like, I got you the eSports box. And you're like, great, I wanted a Super Nintendo. That's awesome, thank you. But I just, I don't think we should try and shoehorn it into sports. I don't see the benefit to that, really. Yeah. Like, is there just so much legitimacy attached to the word sports that we just have to glom uh, on to Maybe it? just people don't understand what they mean by the word sports. <laughs> and you, they're they're catching the like word. being a fan of something or having crowds assembled to watch something like all these things are parts of what being a sports fan includes but it's not what makes a sport a sport yeah you can play basketball alone and it can still be a sport yes and maybe and th- <laughs> this is where it it becomes very nitpicky but my problem with it is not that they aren't similar in some ways because yes a ga- a sport is a kind of game therefore some you know gaming things of any type are going to have some overlapping qualities with sports squares are rectangles but not all rectangles are squares <laughs> like that's there's going to be shared qualities 
but I just don't understand the dread of fascination with like esports are a legitimate thing. And it's like, yeah, they are. I think it's just part of gamers have been trying to legitimize themselves on every level in our culture for so long. Yeah, that now we're just, just doing it blindly. They just preemptively like, I already have a chip on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. That's that is probably exactly what's happening. But we won, guys. Like, yeah, we won. Gamers you and geeks put and your nerds. guns down. Yeah, the, the war is over, soldier. <laughs> So stop harassing women. <laughs> <laughs> a little, uh, little political commentary in there. Yeah, that's nice. So you want to talk about this this last Google thing that they might be only doing? to make fun of how they name things. <laughs> yeah. Well, so there's a rumor for uh, speaking of Google doing video things that they are going to do a monthly video subscription very similar to Netflix. So they already have their ridiculously named Google Play Movies and then this would be Google Monthly Movie Pass. <sighs> yeah. Sorry. Let's try to spit that out quickly. Yeah. Oh, honey, uh, can you see if that movie's on Google Monthly Movie Pass? Uh, I'm using Netflix. Shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> I like in this scenario, you are my honey. <laughs> Um, but this, so Google came out and, and I think kind of were like, ah, we don't comment on rumors. And the thing that I actually thought was most interesting about this isn't that they might do this because yeah, of course they might, you know, Google might do anything. They're a giant monolithic monster that controls every aspect of our lives. Um, the thing I found interesting about it is, uh, on, you know, I use an Android phone and they have this thing called Google rewards where you can answer survey questions and it's not, you can't just do it obsessively. They send you a survey. So you answer a survey question or two or three. It's usually very short. And you get like 50 cents into the Google Play Store. You get a buck or 10 cents or whatever. Some of them you don't get any money for. But it's like it's one question. It took a half a second. Yeah. Um, very low latency <laughs> on your surveys. That's important. Less than Nintendo's OS. <laughs> um, but... But the thing I find interesting about this is apparently, according to random internet commenters who have no credibility, uh, <laughs> Google is actually been shown to intentionally put false questions into the surveys just to make sure people are paying attention as a way of validating your survey results as useful. What's the? There's a name for what that is, and I don't know what it is now. D- data verification? Subject matter verification? I don't know. Void comp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like tears in the rain. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I, I think when I heard about this name, I immediately joked, like, hey, honey, did you watch Google Monthly Movie Pass this week? No, I was busy using Google Play All Access music. Uh. <laughs> and it's the, this is to me like the, the one, and they don't always, like, sometimes they name things really in a sleek way, like Android. But then. Which I, they, they never refer to that way, really, but or well, Chrome or there you go, Chrome. Yeah, very simple, very straightforward. Um, but this is like Microsoft disease. Microsoft names things with a million adjectives with extra. It's like Capcom naming a Street Fighter game. <laughs> it's it's like stop doing that to your product. I don't want to use Google Play All Access movies. I want to just use Google Movies. Yeah, call it Google Movies. Yes, thank you. Just company name, like recognizable brand thing that it does. Yeah, Google Music, Google Movies, Google search. Android. Where? Yeah, simple. Google Mail, like which actually, uh, I don't know if you ever realized this, but um, overseas, specifically in Europe, um, Gmail and maybe even to this day is Google Mail. 
So like if you had like a pen pal over there or if you're, you know, a resident of the Eurozone, then you have an at Google mail address, not a Gmail address. I feel like that was part of the US too and it kind of just disappeared. Or like that, you could may I, Yeah, maybe you still or, use it, that to email me. Like if you email pseudomichael at googlemail.com, we'll go to the same place. I've never tested it. Now I'm going to. Yeah. But yeah, I just and I, I it's a clearly named product, Google yeah. Calendar, like it's Google Pay or Android Pay now. Not, Go- not Google, Google Days and Weeks time scheduler. <laughs> <laughs> Google grid of boxes into which you can list appointments and tasks you have to complete at a specific time. And coordinate with others. <laughs> Google Docs, Google Drive. Like they, this is they're clear, usually good about they're it. They're usually That's why really I, good about this. But I feel like with Play Store stuff, because the Play Store is already stupidly named instead of Google Store or like android store or something they've maybe like android market yeah that was a perfectly reasonable name that they then changed for no discernible well i understand they wanted to attach google but google android market or well they couldn't use google apps no they could not but yeah this is is weird you know what they have a namespace collision (laughs) they do i do hope this rumor is true though because uh i love netflix a lot I feel like they're starting to wield an unreasonable amount of power and they've done nothing to make me suspect they're going to be evil with it. But part of me is just like, I want a little more competition in this video space. <laughs> How about you don't own everything. This, yeah. The, the streaming video space is still kind of young. I don't want this much power in these people's hands, not because they've given me reason to doubt them, but just for safety. Yeah. Let's maybe have a little competition. I'm glad they haven't been acquired by Comcast, though. Super glad for that. That would have been the opposite of <laughs> Actually, what I Actually, I can't really think of a company where I'd be glad they got acquired by Comcast. <laughs> even Comcast? <laughs> I don't you even know, know what that means. You know who I would like Comcast to acquire? Service people. Because they third-party all that stuff out. They third-party that stuff out so hard that when we moved... Because we just moved, so we had to have a guy come out, and he was great. He did a really good job, and I was happy to have him come and do his job. But he made it so clear that he didn't work for Comcast because he handed me a printed sheet that said, you know, if you have any issues, please don't contact Comcast. Contact us first. We warranty our work. And it's like, if you don't know that Comcast does this weird third-party outsourcing of all their labor or a lot of their labor, then part of you would be like, did I just let a stranger into my house? Like, (laughs) I thought you worked for Comcast. Who are you, random internet hooker-upper person? And I mean, like I said, he was great. He did a great job. He was super fast. I, I have no complaints, but it's just weird it's like if I call Pizza Hut and order a pizza, I expect the guy to show up who works for Pizza Hut with a Pizza Hut pizza, not a guy in like a Domino shirt with a little Caesar's pizza. <laughs> what is this? The Patrick Stewart Gandalf of pizza delivery services? <laughs> this, this sounds like a Silicon Valley app, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, you you're ready to put a bow on this? One last thing. So. That uh, did you ever have the Disney book growing up that was Goofy Sport? Does not Do you ring know a bell. This, okay, it was so your using of a Domino Pizza Hut man was uh, <laughs> it was this book that it was divided into three layers and you could change them independently of each other. So you'd have Goofy the basketball player on the head, Goofy the skier in the middle, 
and Goofy, the baseball player, with his oh. cleats at the bottom. Okay. And so yeah. it was just, you know, when you're four years old, that's really amusing because you're like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, the mix and match. Yeah. Like, oh, these parts don't go together, but they kind of do. So I, I know you're a fan of Disney, so I didn't know if you would know of this maybe obscure book. Yeah, this... Because um, I, I Googled it, and uh, there's a surprising amount of pictures of women in bikinis for the term goofy sports. Uh, but whatever, internet, keep doing your thing. Yeah. Um, but this, uh, some of these these covers, this looked like this might have been like right before my time. Because, um, I mean, you have older siblings, so you got like this yeah. crazy range. Hand-me-downs. Yeah, the hand-me-downs, but also you were older than some of your siblings, so yeah. I didn't get that giant range. I need to get my dad to do a Disney episode of some pulp. I absolutely need you to do that. (laughs) All (laughs) right. That would be great. Should we kill this? We should. But before we go, I want to take a minute. So this is, uh, I think every time we've talked about Sunrise Robot News, we always do it on flipping tables um, because we kind of, this is a flagship show, right? Like we started the whole shebang. Um, but I'm happy to announce that we just launched another show. And by we, I mean other people launched another show on our network called the Eclectic Readers Book Club. So it's going to be a monthly release. Um, they're going to discuss a book each month. And then at the end, they'll tell you the book they're going to discuss the next mm-hmm. month. You can keep the conversation and going the, with them on uh, to Goodreads pr- to, and Twitter. To provide the antecedent, it's Susan, Tara, and Jeanette. Jeanette, yeah. Jeanette. Yeah, so it's... Uh, it's really fun. They they have I've been, you know, kind of tertiary to this book club for for a while now and they just uh have these really rich, interesting discussions. Uh, when we talked to them about doing a show and they were really excited and we've been like working on it for a while and I mean, you're you you're a creative person. You get that like I just want to launch this yeah. thing. So like this past weekend we were putting the finishing touches on and I was like I just I just want to ship this. Yeah. I want to ship this right now. I'm just happy uh, if you go to our homepage there's now two complete rows. There is. It's very and, pretty. And it feels very satisfying it to is. have two rows. Yeah, so we have our sixth show. It's amazing. Yeah, and you g- should listen to it cuz it's amazing. Yeah, go and subscribe to them and support them. Um so yeah, this was episode 71 of Flipping Tables. As always, thank you so much for listening. And uh, uh, you can check out the show notes at sunriserobot.net slash flipping tables slash 71 for links to all these articles and jokes and videos and pictures and so forth. Um, we love feedback, so hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Medwards Music. And I am at Lions in Beta. And uh, while you're on our website, you should subscribe to us so that episodes automatically show up. So if you use the iTunes button, if you're an Apple user, um, that c- takes you through a pretty easy subscribe process. Or if you are on pretty much anything else, you can use our RSS button. And uh, if you're on a mobile platform, it'll do the right thing. Um, some apps we like. If you're on an, an iPhone, I like Overcast. If you're on Android... Pocket Cast, all the way. Yeah, use Pocket Cast or Podcast Addict. Some weird people suggest sometimes. <laughs> Um, subscribing is awesome. Do it. Um, if you want to support us directly, including our new show, Eclectic Readers, if you want to keep the network growing and thriving, you can go to our Patreon. So patreon.com slash sunrise robot. And you can actually donate directly. And even just $1 a month goes a long way. Um, and, uh, depending on the level that, you know, if you're an El Capitan supporter, um, you might get your name mentioned on episodes. So special thanks to our top supporters, Bruce Edwards, Matt Mariner, Sean Byrne, and Andreas Langa. We love you guys. We love you guys so much, and we will see all of you next week. 